Bibles. In verse number 38, a familiar passage of Scripture for many of us, but one that the Lord is directing my heart back to, has over the last several days, and in conversation with Josh this week, I told him that I was praying about two different directions as far as the commissioning message for this morning's service. I had prayed about beginning in James chapter 1 and then 1 Corinthians 1 on our lack or our need of wisdom and asking of God and then transitioning to the fact that three times the New Testament refers to the Lord Jesus Christ as the wisdom of God. And if you recognize your lack of wisdom, then just go to Jesus because he's wisdom. And uh, that's going to segue somewhat with the the message this morning as well. But then I also uh, began to think about Mary and the story of Mary and Martha and the wonderful illustration of her prioritizing sitting at the feet of Jesus. And that is our focus this morning, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Luke chapter 10 and verse number 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered, Jesus entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her home. It's the idea of welcoming him into her home or in her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. This is interesting. It implies, that word also implies that she was involved in some of the serving. But as we see in the last verse, she made a choice to prioritize. In spite of serving that needed to be done, she made a choice to prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and a profound statement, you could preach a whole message on this, heard his word. Hearing the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, let me tell you, if you're here this morning, you have a copy of the Bible, every day you can hear the word of God. And what a privilege that is for us. And then you have the indwelling spirit of God who helps us to understand the written word of God, the word of the Lord Jesus Christ that we have in the Bible. Notice verse 40, but, and it's a strong contrast, Martha was cumbered about much serving And came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Uh, There's an idea here. She's deserted me. She's abandoned me to serve alone. And the, the idea of the question is it's a leading question. Like she is pushing for a yes. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. Can I tell you a modern idea of that word? Thou art worried. Thou art anxious. It's not careful about details as we think. She's worried. She's flustered and troubled, stirred up about how many things? Many things. And then from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I want us to all together this morning consider the importance of 
in your life, whatever God's called you to do, prioritizing sitting at the feet of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, help us in the remainder of our time together this morning. Give me uh, your help. Give me the words that you want said for not only Josh and Katie to prepare them in this commissioning service, but for all of us. And I think about the words of the Lord Jesus Christ in Mark chapter 13 in verse number 37. What I say unto you, I say unto all. And the Lord, so we're not just focusing on Josh and Katie this morning, but there is profound application here for all of us. The importance of prioritizing whatever our vocation, whatever our station in life, whatever our place in a home, prioritizing sitting at the feet of Jesus. He is worthy. And so we pray this in his name and ask for your help today. Amen. Josh uh, asked if he and Katie could sit back there. In the past, what we've done is had the young couple sit right up here so we can just be spot on targeting, you know. But, uh, of course, little Allison, I think, has gone to Children's Church now. But uh, Josh and Katie, I'll begin by addressing you directly. And uh, what a privilege it is to witness in your life that you both have been called and gifted by God to the work that he's called you to do. And then the privilege that it is to, to, as a church, for us to be able to send you. You're being sent by a wonderful church, a wonderful church, a New Testament church. And then you have something that a lot of missionaries don't have. And that is you have a wonderful collection of coworkers and resources waiting for you in the Ivory Coast. Not every missionary has that with the Max and Christine McLaughlin and others that are there, the, the villages that are already targeted, property already purchased in Anah, just waiting. It's a ready-made work. And God's called you, and he's, in all of his sovereignty and his power and his goodness, he's brought you and Katie out of a home in Iowa and South Carolina through the ministry of the Ledbetters and the Wagners and now Crossroads Baptist Church for that work that he's called you to. Profound. It's profound. It's a dream that based on the power of God, I believe it has every possibility of being fulfilled. That when you lay down your mantle, God spares your life, you lay down your mantle, that there will be churches in many of those villages. There's no doubt in my mind. But I want to warn us, you, us, of a danger this morning. And that is busyness in a ready-made ministry at the expense of your daily fellowship with Christ and your family. Prioritize. I mean, when you, and you and I have talked about this, and let me just tell you, for all of you who maybe just have a basic knowledge of Josh, Josh is a doer. He is an organizer. He is a facilitator. His attention to detail, and, and I like to think I pay attention to details. His attention to detail is maddening in the best sense of the term. And everything's there. And Josh, the temptation is going to be to hit the ground and go wide open. And I'm glad to hear Brother Bowman, your director, saying, 
right with a little note of caution in it. Because nothing is worth setting aside your own personal daily fellowship with Jesus. Prioritize that. Be in his word. Because it's out of the overflow of your walk with Christ, of your sitting at the feet of Jesus, that you will be best equipped to minister to the lives of others to start churches. Be in his word. Because remember, it's in his word that he talks to you. And pray. Develop the daily discipline of prayer, as hard a work as it is. It's prayer that moves heaven. It's prayer that is God's gift to us of any time access to the very throne room of heaven. And we find that when we pray, we're not just talking to the king of universe, we're talking to our daddy, Abba Father. And so in the word, he speaks to you. In prayer, you speak to him But we need to be reminded that we've been given two ears and one mouth. So we should listen twice as much as we talk. Be swift to hear. You're indwelt by the Spirit of God who illuminates our minds to the word of Christ and Scripture and fosters fosters a personal, intimate connection, taking the word of God in prayer and the spirit of God fosters this connection so that in the, our upper room discourse, Jesus told us that through the spirit of God and the word of God, he comes to us. Yeah. Every day, I can walk with Jesus mm-hmm. through the word of God and the spirit of God. Foster regular time in the quiet place, the secret place. Learn to be still. And I know you do this. I told Josh, this is preventative more than anything. But learn to be still. Learn to listen with your heart. Learn to worship because he is worthy. Learn to pour out your heart to him. And trust him to do a supernatural work as you sit before the word of God. The spirit of God takes the word of God and supernaturally changes the believer into the image of the son of God. I like what one author said in a book that I just recently read. He said this, I am more and more convinced that what gives a ministry its motivations, its perseverance, its humility, its joy, tenderness, passion and grace is the devotional life of the one doing ministry. I say that to the Sunday school teachers. I say that to the mothers in the home. I say that to whatever your ministry is, the devotional life is the foundation of that. The author goes on to say this, when I daily admit how needy I am, when I daily meditate on the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and daily feed On the restorative wisdom of his word, I am propelled to share with others the grace that I am daily receiving at the hands of my Savior. I want to just briefly mention several reasons that you should prioritize, that we should prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus. And really these reasons are also blessings. As well, benefits. The first is this prioritizing, and we see this in the story of Mary and Martha, prioritizing sitting at the feet of Jesus, number one, guards us against all the distractions of this world. Yeah. 
It guards us against all of the distractions of this world. The Bible tells us, Luke the historian records, that Martha was cumbered, cumbered about much serving. This is not talking necessarily about how busy she was at a practical level, but it's penetrating to the condition of her heart. How many of you recognize that life's just busy sometimes? But the thing that we need to guard against is our heart getting distracted, cumbered. And the word cumbered that is used here literally means drug all around. It means pulled in different directions. It means distracted. Martha was being drug all around by social pressures and serving pressures and schedule pressures and even spiritual pressures. The text tells us, and I've already emphasized it, that she was worried. Jesus said worried or careful and troubled about many things. And there were societal pressures here as well. She's thinking about getting the roast on the table on time. She's thinking about all the practical details of daily life. It's flustering her and it's robbing her of joy and rest. But Mary, who had been helping, the scripture indicates that, pulled away to sit at the feet of Jesus. And that is a technical term in scripture for being a disciple. Now here's here's where one of the societal pressures come in that Mary had to just block out and yet was disturbing Martha. And that is this. In the first century, women weren't disciples. It was considered an offense, (laughs) a no-no, a taboo for a lady to sit at a rabbi's feet like this. Only the men did that. And yet you look at the Lord Jesus Christ and he had lady disciples who learned from him, who worshipped him, who ministered to him out of their substance, who traveled with him. I was in a conversation in a store here in town yesterday. And it came up. And I went right through the front door. Everywhere that Christianity and Bible Christianity and the testimony and the gospel of Christ has been given sway, the place of woman has been exalted. And yet Martha is sitting here thinking, that's not right. Is this going to become a societal, a social embarrassment for us Nobody's going to want to marry her because of this. Maybe she was thinking something like that. And yet Mary, because of sitting at the feet of Jesus, she had to block all of that out. We could build on the list of potential distractions that were pulling Martha away, dragging her around. And that Mary, in sitting at the feet of Jesus, was able to block out. You and I need to prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus because it will help us to block out the distractions of this old world. Corey Ten Boom, heard the name before? Corey Ten Boom said this If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. A recent study was done a couple of years ago. Do you know that the average commuter in the United States of America experiences greater levels of stress than fighter pilots and riot police? 
Now, thankfully, we live in a more rural area where we don't have to get on a subway every day or take a commute on a city bus. But I can tell you this, we may not have to deal with the stress of a subway or a city bus, but there are all kinds of other distractions that seek to pull us away from the secret place. But Mary, a woman, is given an equal place at the feet of Jesus. Women in the scriptures are so often a model of loyalty and trust. I've said this before and I say it again. It wasn't women that deserted Jesus in the garden. It wasn't women who were absent at the foot of his cross. And so this becomes a model of loyalty and dedication for us. Prioritizing, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Of the four major passages where we see Mary's story or her life highlighted in the scripture, do you know that three of the four she is sitting at the feet or falling at the feet of Jesus? It's almost the trademark of Mary's life. Where's Mary? Just find Jesus' feet. Where's Josh? Where's Katie? Just find Jesus' feet. And we could put our name in there. She had been serving. She would surely serve again. But she saw the need. I think about Psalm 27 in verse number 4. The psalmist David said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Dwelling in the presence of the Lord, Paul said, This one thing I do. And then out of that, everything else flows. And so the first reason to prioritize or blessing, benefit, to prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus is it helps us to guard against all the distractions. I'm under conviction preaching this. And God is doing a work in my heart. Number two, sitting at the feet of Jesus, prioritizing that. Number two, accesses the divine power necessary for effective Christ-pleasing work. Sitting at the feet of Jesus accesses the divine power necessary for effective Christ-pleasing work. Notice Martha's approach, verse number 40. But Martha was cumbered about much saying and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? It reminds me of the question the disciples asked in the storm-tossed ship. Lord, carest thou not that we perish? What a question. To ask of the omnipotent, all-good, all-seeing, all-love Son of God. Do you care? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with your grief. When the days are weary and the long nights dreary, you can rest assured, Jesus cares. Lord, do you care my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her. Make her. How many of you have had your children come to you before and say, would you make so-and-so my sibling do this or that? Make her. Come help me. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Just a couple of things I want to notice. When it says she came to him in verse number 40, it's a very strong and specific word. It literally means this. That she came over top of him. 
But it's literally what she did. It literally means to stand over. She came and stood over him. I don't know if to intimidate or what. And then she said, now tell Mary to come help me. Now this is what is intriguing. The word help is also a very rich word. It's only used one other time in the New Testament. Romans chapter number 8. When Paul said it's the spirit that helps our infirmities. It's a rich word. It's a big word. Get this. The only other place this word help is used in the Bible is when it refers to the help that only the Spirit of God can give. Now I want you to get this connection. And that is this. The, the thought here is that Mary, or Martha, pardon me, in a sense, by using this word help, is expecting another human to do for her what only God can do. But when we prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus, we have access to the divine help, the power that is necessary for effective Christ-pleasing work. There are a lot of things that keep Christians busy, both those in full-time ministry and those in faithful local church membership. A lot of things that keep Christians busy that if you ask us, we say, yes, we're doing that for the Lord. And yet the question is, is it effective in the scheme of eternity and is it something that pleases Christ? And I can say this for sure, if it's being done without being anchored to having first prioritized sitting at the feet of Jesus, it is not going to register much on the scale at the judgment seat of Christ. So it was an eye-opener for me as I saw Martha use this word. Tell her to help me. She's asking for help that only God can give. She's demanding of Mary help that only God gives. And let me tell you something. It's wonderful to have other people in life to work together with and to help us. But you're only going to get the divine help that will cause you to be pleasing to Christ and effective in service if you first prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus. Vance Havner told the parable years ago of a newly launched ship into a, a harbor or a bay and it also had an inexperienced crew who, before they ever even got out of the harbor, got stuck in the sand. And in half an embarrassment and half with their own energy, they spent hours trying to get that ship free of the, the sand in the bottom of that harbor. Some of them from exhaustion, others from frustration, just sat down on the deck of the ship. Some went to sleep. And the next morning they woke up to find that ship bobbing free. Because in the night the tide had come in. And through God's power of the tide, he had done what all of their human efforts were not able to accomplish. And it's just the slow, steady rising of the strength of the tide of God in your life that you can access in the secret place that will make us effective. Thirdly, a reason for prioritizing sitting at the feet of Jesus and a blessing is that it helps to calm me and you and Josh and Katie in the midst of all the man-made chaos of this world. 
Martha is worried. Martha is troubled, thinking it's all on her and everyone else. I thought this morning about Martha early when I got up. She's preparing this meal so she can pass out all the dishes and pass out all the wonderful meal that she's prepared. And at the same time, she's also passing out or at least attempting to pass out a bunch of anxiety, too. Have you ever met people like that? I got to tell you, there are times I look back on my life and I've been that way. Things that I've allowed to stress me, I've delegated some of that. But you're not going to stress Jesus. <laughs> and you're not going to stress people who are sitting at his feet either. And so sitting at the feet of Jesus helps to calm us in the midst of the man-made chaos and storm of this world. I think about the verse that Brother Villanova mentioned. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And it's not just any rest, it's soul rest. I thought about Psalm 46 and an interesting connection as we think about sitting at the feet of Jesus, prioritizing that and the importance of that bringing calm in our lives in the midst of all the chaos and the storm and the busyness. And I thought about the words of the Lord in Psalm 46 and verse number 10, be still and what? That I am God. Be still. And I believe there's a divine order there. You got to be still. Before you can come to know God. Be still. And know. That I'm God. And then I thought about Daniel 11. Verse number 32. Where the scriptures say this. And prophesying of the people of Israel. But application for us as well. The people that know their God will be strong and do exploits. Do you see the divine order there? Be still. So you can know God. So you can be strong and do exploits. And sitting at the feet of Jesus, prioritizing that, contributes to calm in the midst of the chaos of this world. Number four, and finally... It's nine minutes till, and I'm on my final point. Reasons and blessings for prioritizing the secret place, for prioritizing sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus. Number four, prioritizing sitting at the feet of Jesus secures for us the good part that will not be taken away. Notice verse number 42. By the way, verse number 41 and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, there is a tenderness in this rebuke. Okay, he's not Martha, Martha. Okay, when you see times when a name is used twice in Scripture, it's always, do you remember Jesus saying to Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you. Do you remember as he stood on the Mount of Olives looking across the Kidron Valley to the city of Jerusalem? with a broken heart just before the triumphal entry, weeping, agonizing in soul. And he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And that's more of what is here. Martha, Martha. A tenderness, a love, 
even as he clearly sanctions Mary's approach as opposed to hers. He said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. And this is Jesus that said this, not a pastor. One thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away. It's the literal idea of cut off from her. It's the same word that's used in the Garden of Gethsemane to describe Peter cutting off Malchus here. She's not going to be severed off from what she's chosen. In other words, there is an eternal connection, and the implication is this. Jesus is going to guard it. You prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus, and he'll take care of everything else. Out of the overflow of that, you'll be energized to serve. When criticisms and distractions abound, when difficulties come, you prioritize, we prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus, and we have his word on it. His word. And as one preacher said years ago, it's the word of a gentleman. And to the Lord Jesus, because she prioritized sitting at his feet, she chose the good part. He secures that for her so it'll never be taken away. This implies that in her agitated busyness, I want you to think about this and, and let it work on you if it needs to. Okay, I wouldn't dare put a guilt trip on somebody from a man-made energy, okay? Right? But what Jesus is saying here, he is implying that Martha, in her agitated busyness, had made a deficient choice as opposed to Mary's good one. She had made a deficient choice that was going to, in the end, leave her exhausted, shallow, frustrated in this life, and empty-handed in the next. Martha, Martha. Even though she was welcoming Jesus into her home, even though she was working feverishly, she needed to follow Mary's example and sit down first. After all, she was in the presence of the one who can turn water into wine. Supper being ready at six was not huge on his agenda. All of the different parts of the meal being coordinated at the precise moment, it didn't matter to Jesus. Her schedule, her details, the things that matter, that's not what mattered to him. What mattered to him is Mary sitting at his feet. This one who could turn water into wine. This one who could take five loaves and two fishes and turn them into enough to feed 5,000 plus people. He's not worried about supper, Martha. He says of Mary that she has chosen that good part. This is fascinating to me. The word part is a food term. Like a portion. The idea is this, is that she chose filet mignon over an Oscar Mayer hot dog. Is that understandable? (laughs) 
I found out in being married to Grace that she likes the corner piece of cake, not the stuff out in the middle. She likes the corner because there's just there's something about that crusty corner and the sweetness, the crispiness of that. That's the good part for her. Okay. But Jesus uses this term part or portion. She has chosen the good part or portion. And it harks back. I want you to listen to this. Psalm 16, 5. The psalmist said, the Lord is the portion. Of mine inheritance. He's the portion of my part. He's the, the best part that I've chosen. I've made him my choice. And he is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. The Lord Jesus is harking back to Psalm 73, 25 and 26. Whom have I in heaven but thee? The psalmist said, and there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, get this, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In Psalm 119, 57, thou art my portion, O Lord. Psalm 91 in verse number one, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I think about this very thought in relation to the Great Commission, Josh, Katie. We prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus. Everything else, we make him the good part that we choose. We prioritize that, and we have his promise even as we go forward in the Great Commission that as we go, he says, Lo, I am with you always. One author that I read, and I'm moving to a conclusion, said this Martha thinks she's serving Jesus by giving him a meal. But Jesus clarifies that he's the one serving the real food, and Mary is sitting at the right table. As I review these four reasons or benefits for prioritizing sitting at the feet of Jesus so that out of the overflow we are then best suited and equipped to serve others, I think about the reason, the blessing of being guarded against distractions when I prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus. And when I do sit at the feet of Jesus and prioritize that, I access divine help that is needed in order to accomplish Christ-pleasing work. I'm calmed in my soul. When I prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus, and that I also, when I prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus, I secure the best portion. And that best portion is not a what, it is a who. Who, Because of his unfailing presence, I can be content and calm. As I mentioned in the Sunday school hour, the Villanova's, and I share grandchildren. And I mentioned this on Wednesday night, but many of you were not able to be here, so I'll mention it and then close. And we'll go eat. Three or four weeks ago, Emmeline texted our family chat. She said, Daddy, tornadoes are all around us. The sky is green. Things are beating on the house. It sounds like a train outside. Micah is not home. He was, I think, helping you, wasn't he, Brother Villanova? Up in Mount Pleasant. And she said, Daddy, 
Carolyn and I are in the basement and I'm terrified. You ever been in a tornado before? It's terrifying. She was terrified in the basement. <clears throat> anyway, a little bit later she texted back. I, I think one of us asked, how's Carolyn doing? Because she was in the basement too. And she said, oh, Carolyn's fine. Because I have a bowl of cereal and I'm feeding her. And she can see me. And before it was over with, Carolyn went to sleep in a storm because she had really good food and she could behold the face of her mama. And let me tell you something. When we prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus, the storms are going to come. But we can keep eating and we can see the face of Jesus in this book right here. Be calm and even sleep. By the way, she's a highly energetic child, too. In our world, there is no lack of things to do. As Bible-believing Christians, there's no lack of things to do. But let us, as a church, and as individuals, and as a body of believers, be those who do not become so focused on all the things that there are to do that we lose sight of the importance of being in the presence of the Lord Jesus and sitting at his feet, prioritizing that. My dad used to say it this way, spend your energy sitting at the feet of Jesus and then he'll do all the rest of the work through you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for how you've brought me my knees and reminder through this passage today, this study. I pray that not only would you seal these truths in this example of Mary and Martha to Josh and Katie's hearts, but to all of our hearts, that we would determine today, fresh and new, all of us to prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus so that we can have rest for our souls. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, no one looking around, I've preached a message to Josh and Katie and primarily to believers, but I want to say this. If you're here today and your need is salvation, I want you to know that Jesus Christ did all the work 2,000 years ago to pay for your sin. He gave his perfect life on an old rugged cross to pay your sin debt, and as he died, he said, it is finished so that you can have eternal rest, Jesus did the work. All you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved today. And even though the focus of the service wasn't that and the message, if you're here today and you do not have assurance of eternal salvation, eternal rest of soul, by having recognized you're a sinner, there's nothing you can do to save yourself, but Jesus paid your sin debt and he offers you eternal life, the gift of salvation today. If you've never trusted Christ as your sin-bearing substitute and savior, the scripture says today is the day of salvation. And I want to offer you this invitation before you leave today. Would you please come and see me or see one of our folks and say, listen, I need to get my salvation settled. I need eternal rest for my soul. 
And we would love nothing more with everything else going on than to take God's word, take you to a private place in this building and show you from the scriptures how you can become a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ today.